When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 6.30 Chad. The stick of Charlie Coyle drops it to Koivu. In on net. Pochek comes to some rebound. Score! Miko Koivu wins it in overtime for Minnesota. The Wild claim a 2-1 decision at Rogers Place. Miko Koivu, huge tonight for the Minnesota Wild. Overtime winner. Took 23 faceoffs, won 21 of them. For a supernatural 91% in the face-off circle, the Oilers have to settle for the overtime loss point this evening. 2-1, the Wild take it. Thanks for tuning in. It's 10:39. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Parandish Team Broadcast Center, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Well... You know, an interesting sequence there in overtime. Gustafson, about 25 seconds earlier, had poke-checked Zach Parisi on a breakaway. He went for the poke-check again, and that time Koivu able to step around him. Well, Koivu would have taken notice on the breakaway how Gustafson came out. And when you're poke-checking, especially it's the, the big poke-check, it's do or die. You either get the puck. If you don't get the puck, it's a wide open net and an easy, an easy goal. Uh, he had success. He went back to the well. Uh, Koivu is a veteran. He he probably was guessing. Poke check. Kept the puck just far enough out of his reach. Was able to throw it in back door. The Mark Letestu and Chris Russell were playing D on that one. It was a two on two. The two Minnesota Wild crisscross, which you're supposed to do because you think, okay, if we crisscross, we may mess them up a little bit. They did. Uh, Mark Letestu got lost on the play, and all of a sudden Koivu walks in all by himself and puts the puck in. Uh, a number of chances for both teams to win this game in the last few minutes of uh, regulars, then into overtime. Unfortunately for the Oilers, Gustafson came up one save short. Mark Letestu was out there to take a face-off. The puck went back into the corner. He wound up in a battle for it, and the Wild were able to take it back out to center and reset and we know Mark's a versatile player but you know certainly Parisi was able to step past him first of all in overtime for the breakaway and it looked like he got victimized a bit on the winning goal as well. Well what's tough and we, we talk about it a lot and we talked with Bob earlier if you lose the face off in overtime it's three on three every team in the National Hockey League goes two forwards one D so now you're defending against the the other team three on three one of the forwards is going to get caught playing defense and as much as you want to practice it and practice as much as these guys are professional and how good they are, a forward playing defense is always something you try to take advantage of. They cannot cross over as well. They cannot turn as well. They don't read the play as well. 
And on the, and we've seen it earlier this year. It was I think it was Drysaddle that got walked earlier this year in one of the overtimes. And this one right here, Letestu just didn't read the play. Chris Russell did, and Letestu gets beat. So that's one of the problems when you have two forwards out there and you don't win the faceoff. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I just I, I didn't know we didn't have the stat pages yet when Bob talked about Koivu 21 and two. That I mean that is sensational. The others aren't a great faceoff team. But 21 and two, uh, to me, that that puts he, he he was a star in the game, and obviously not just for the game-winning goal. Devin Dubnik went named the first star. Jonas Gustafsson playing in relief of Cam Talbot tonight was pretty good. Made 31 saves. He's the second star. Koivu the third star. The fourth star of the game is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. You know what, I'm going to go with Patrick Maroon because I thought that line had a pretty good game and he got the Oilers' only goal tonight. Well, you know what, and I'll go with his line mate, Cassian. Cassian helped set up that goal. He, he, he got into a fight, uh, and I agree. That line was very, very good five-on-five five throughout the night. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll go to Kelly on line one. Hey, Kelly, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Kelly, do we have you? I kind of uh, I would have to agree with. It was pretty much just that overtime goal. I, I don't understand how Gustafson makes such an amazing save. I mean, I was just actually at the game. Everybody stands up, they go crazy, and then, I don't know, 10 seconds later, it's in the back of the net on the second attempt. I don't know what your take on that. Well, we missed the first part. So what what part do you, are you, you think he shouldn't have poke-checked the second time? Or? No, 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 of course. I mean, both, both attempts were amazing. I just, I, I don't understand how the... Uh, how the puck ends up back in the net after, like on, um, the, on the second chance, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't feel like it's his fault. I feel like it's a defensive lap. Oh, it was certainly Spoiler. a defensive lapse. Absolutely, it, it wasn't Guff's. I mean, it, it, and you don't want to pick players out, but Latestu was victimized twice. He, he lost his man yeah. on the breakaway and Gustafson bailed him out. And then the two-on-two, two, I mean, it's it's on him, but it's still, it's a hard play for a forward. And when they two forwards cross, or the two Minnesota guys cross, Letestu lost his guy, and unfortunately Gustafson wasn't able to bail Letestu out that time. Uh, I thought I thought Gustafson was excellent tonight. I thought he played very well. He was one of the main reasons the Oilers were able to gain that extra point. And, and Bob talked about it. He and Jack were talking after the game. As the game went on, Minnesota got stronger, and Edmonton didn't. And Gustafson was one of the main reasons that the Oilers were able to get into extra time and try and fight for that extra point. Kelly, thanks a lot for calling. 780-496-0063. Kellen, do we have uh, Coach McClellan ready to go? Not quite yet. Okay, we're going to get to head coach Todd McClellan right away. In the meantime, we'll bring in our old buddy JP on line two. Hi, JP. Thanks for calling. Hello. 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 Oh, there I am on the radio. I'm I'm just a filler now, I guess. Hey, guys, look at me. You don't have McClellan queue up, I guess. I'll, I'll step in. Why not? Sure. But I'll tell you right now, Rob, you and I, I cannot agree more. I cannot agree more. What a game tonight by the monster. It was a monster performance by this guy. Can't ask much more from him. He's a backup boy. Come on, stand on his head. The Latits, too, I'll tell you right now, tonight, I'm not going to get down on this guy for the breakdown in the OT. It's a crap shoe. It's three on three. It's a crap shoe. In my mind, it's a crap shoe. This guy goes out tonight. What a line. The Tits, too, with the Mobone and the Gas. 
I love the gas. This guy, another guy I love. This guy go out and he absolutely, absolutely just goes out and does his job to a T. Hey, you want to go? Hey, all right, my gloves are off. Follow suit. Let's go. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you right now, I want to get into something else. I want to talk about a little bit about the day now. This league is getting too soft. Too soft. Way too soft in my mind. Way too soft. Are we going to start sending out our players with pillows around their helmet and bottles or something? You know what I mean? McDavid, you know what? I understand. I, I get. I, I respect the fact that they still are looking out for the players. I mean, come on, though. Come on. Five on three, this guy can't be on the ice because they worry about this. Come on, this is this league is getting too soft in me mind. But you know what? I love tonight the way the Oilers play. It's a crack shoot in the three on three. I can't look down too much on the Letizu, but the line tonight as a whole play a fantastic game. I can't complain. I had a good time, and you know that's the way it goes. Todd, twins, happy birthday! Right on. Thanks a lot, JP. We will talk about the issue with the concussion protocol. The spotter intervening tonight. Oilers lose two one to the Minnesota Wild. Where now we want to go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, it was it was a disappointing loss. Um, I thought we found a way to get a point on an ugly night. They found a way to get two points on an ugly night. That wasn't the most entertaining game, um, and I think that happens as the schedule takes its toll on on not only our team but other teams and. Um, you know, for us to, to scratch and claw and get a point, uh, I don't want to say we're satisfied, but it, it was it was good to get that. Um, I didn't think we had the energy level or the polish that we needed to beat a good defensive team tonight. Well, first time you felt like the power play kind of really let the team have opportunities and just did get much I'd say he's pretty accurate, but the power play is a byproduct of the of the whole game. Um, if you're not sharp on your entries, you're not sharp three on two passing. Uh, maybe the energy level is a little bit uh, lower than it normally would be. Um, odds are you're not going to be real sharp on your power play too. So it, it did let us down there. I'm not going to throw all of it on that. Um, you know we. Uh, we had a good bench tonight. We had guys that were saying and talking and trying to do the right things, which is, uh, for me, a good sign. Uh, in the past, the bench wouldn't have been as good as it was on, on a night like tonight where we didn't have uh, what we needed to. Um, and, and they tried to do the right thing. It just, the polish wasn't there. You did the rule, but what do you make of that? You lose your best player right on the best line for the game with 5-3 and everything. Well, it's... I don't write the rules. We we abide by them, um, you know. And, and it's compounded when you have a five-on-three and you lose, arguably one of the best players in the world. And um, you know, for me, I understand and I get and I support the uh, you know the the attention that's being paid to head injuries and. Uh, you know, it's just it's, sometimes it's the inconsistency that's a little bit frustrating. Ryan Kessler went down the other day, and he went down pretty hard. And no one wants to see that even with an opponent. But, uh, you know, there wasn't a call from anywhere. But it's it's there for a reason, and uh, we have to live with it. Your fourth line, or whatever you want to call it, third line, with the, the first period, fantastic pass, and really had a lot of jump for you. It's, it'd be pretty good to put them together. 
know they, they have had uh, a fair amount of jumping. It was a four-line night tonight uh, for our for our team for sure. Uh, they started that way. They ended up going basically three lines and. Um, where we were in our schedule and that type of stuff, four-line night, and uh, I thought they had some jump. They got us the goal early, and um, but as the game wore wore on, uh, they became victim of of fatigue a little bit as well. I thought Gus was good. He made a number of real good saves, especially in the third period. They got away on us a little bit. So the scrambles, the uh, the breakaways. There was one, I don't know, six seven minutes left uh, when we took the penalty. Overtime. Uh, I was happy for him. I thought he played a real solid game. It was our team's fault. So that back to back again Thursday, Friday. Are you the way he plays? Are you automatically go back to against Minnesota? You're talking Gus. Yeah. Well, we've yeah, we'll get him going. He'll play on this trip for sure. Uh, whether he plays in Minnesota or Buffalo or Philly, I don't know, but he'll play. Um, this is the most grueling segment of games that we uh, that we will play all year, and uh, you know we are we're going to do everything we can to get points out of it. But we also have to manage the horses we're riding, so be aware of it. Sir, you have offensive players that you want on the ice, like Nugent Hopkins, but he's having trouble in the faceoff circle on a given night. How much does that affect your decision making? It's huge. Um, that's an area of the game that our team has to improve on. Flat out has to improve. Because on these nights, on nights when teams match, religiously match, it kills you. And on nights where you lack energy, you need to win those face-offs because you can't be chasing the puck all night. You waste, you waste so much time and so much energy, and guess what happens? You get frustrated and that's not a good quality. So um, I think Miko Koivu was 21 for 23. Pretty simple. When he was on the ice, they had the puck. Good night. Head coach Todd McClellan, some comments on face-offs. They certainly need to improve in that area. The Oilers just 40% tonight. Leon Dreisaitl wound up at 53%. Uh, every other center, well, Latestu at 50. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, 17% tonight. McDavid was 3 for 4. It didn't take a lot of face-offs. Let's talk about the, the concussion protocol here a, a little bit. And that's, and that's where it could get interesting as the season goes on. We've seen two Oilers removed from the game by the concussion spotter. And if you're just joining us, the Wild won 2-1 in overtime. McDavid didn't play the last six and a half minutes of the second period because he was removed from the game and allowed to return. Jonas Gustafsson was hurt back in the third game of the season, removed, and he missed about a week of action before he was able to dress again. Uh, you know, you see plays almost every game where if you really looked at it or watched it in slow motion, where you could say, oh, did his head hit the glass, hit the ice, hit somebody else's head? You know, now McDavid there, obviously he hit the ice, but he, but McClellan raised a good point. You know, play happened with Ryan Kessler. He, he, he stays in the game. This could be a little iffy going forward here for the NHL. Well, it's, it's needed. Uh, there's a number of lawsuits against the National Hockey League. There's been lawsuits settled in, in the NFL down in the United States. Concussions are a major problem in sports, whether it be uh, professional sports, amateur sports, kids sports. So something has to be done. The National Hockey League is being proactive by doing what they're doing. So I understand that. And on the play, I, I watched the play, and then I watched the play on replay twice of McDavid going down. And every time, I'm like, ooh, that hurt. 
Uh, I mean, it, he went. He, he wasn't able to get his hands up to protect his face, and his fa he went face first into the ice, more or less chin teeth first. So I can understand why they 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 pulled him out. Now, uh, could Kessler have been pulled up? I mean, he he was on the ice and had to be helped off. I mean, there was uh, an extended time he was out there, and it was a blow to the head. It was a uh, a brush to the head of of I think Lucic body that did it. So could he have been pulled out? Yes. I don't think you can argue McDavid being pulled out. I can see you can argue other players being pulled out that haven't. Uh, the problem that you're going to get, and you and I talked about it uh, tonight, what if this was Game 7, Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, and yeah, pick all, star play, any whoever, player, whoever you whether want. it's Crosby or Malkin or Taves or Kane, or someone gets pulled off the ice. And all of a sudden, or a goalie. We we, we saw Gustafson. So what? All of a sudden, you're you're the L.A. Kings. You're in Game Seven. Jonathan Quick can't play the final eight minutes of a hockey game that's tied. So that's where you're going to get into to, to issues. Um, and I I understand why they do it. I just hope it doesn't come into play, and a team's uh, season ends because of someone sitting in the stands. I mean, it's a tough job for whoever's sitting in the stands. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Tonight on Connor McDavid, I thought it was the right thing to do. Wild win 2-1 in overtime. Patrick Maroon had the only Edmonton goal. We're going to go to Rob on the line, who's also going to finish the play with us. But first, Rob, what's your thought on the game tonight? Um, not the best game they've ever played. Uh, it was better than the Toronto game I was at. Uh, you know, they still had, what, 30 shots, but it seems that certain times they just don't want to shoot the puck and you guys already answered my question about McDavid why he had to leave I thought maybe he got cut or something but yeah you got taken uh, out by the by the by the spotter for sure yeah well, the, I mean, right, the right call but just bad timing absolutely yeah and, and you know what we want to talk about your comment on on shooting the puck but we want to give you a chance here to to qualify for the grand prize draw a thousand dollars to Integra Tire Auto Center Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. It's called finish the play. Here we go. Back to McDavid, top of the right circle. Little spin move on Granlin. He'll look for a teammate. Find Lucic directly behind the net. Open was Latestu. Back to McDavid. Face off dot on the right side. Now Lucic in front. All right. Power play chance there for Lucic. Goal or no goal? No goal. Back to McDavid, top of the right circle. Little spin move on Granlin. He'll look for a teammate. Find Lucic directly behind the net. Open was Latestu. Back to McDavid. Faced off dot on the right side. Now Lucic in front. Tried to stuff it by Dubnik, and he holds his ground. Oilers 0 for 3 on the power play tonight. The Wild were 0 for 2. Rob, good stuff. You're in the grand prize draw. 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. The Wild take it 2-1 in overtime. We're going to go into their dressing room as we move along tonight for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The Oilers do wind up with uh, 29 shots on goal tonight. They had another 18 shots that were blocked, another 15 that went wide. They had a few more overall attempts than than the Wild did. But, I mean, it's that interesting thing with, I, I think especially with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they'll try a pass, gets tipped, gets intercepted, doesn't quite make it, and it's from a good shooting position, and people say, man, I wish they would have shot it. Well, people, I'm including you and me, because we've had this debate. And, and at other times you think, what are they doing passing? And then you realize, oh, I didn't even realize that guy was open. <laughs> and it turns into a, a scoring opportunity. But, I mean, three on three, they possessed the puck a long time in overtime and, and didn't really get a good shot on net. But the, I don't know if they were ever in a scoring 
position in the overtime one. They Everything was on the outside. Minnesota did a very good job playing man-to-man -man on that and staying with their guy. When you're, they, they kept uh, cycling, they kept doing the big circles, and they were hoping that one of them would be able to get away from his check, and then all of a sudden he would have a chance to go in on the net. But the, the Minnesota Wild did a very good job there. Two, we saw a couple two-on-ones tonight where Connor McDavid had the puck. He had the one where he went down with Lucic, tried setting up Lucic. The puck was a little ahead of Lucic. He couldn't catch up to it. No shot on net. I think he had another one. I think it was Cassian. Again, tried making the pass across. Cassian doesn't get the puck. No, there, there's no, there's no shot on net. Last game he had a great one where the the D played him perfectly. Pretended to come to Connor. Backs off a bit. Connor puts it on his stick. The last two on one Connor had today. He came down with Drysital with just I think three four minutes to go in the game, and he fired it. Yeah. And I think that's what he's got to keep keep doing. And, and we talk about when he's on the power play, when he's on a two on one, when he's in a scoring opportunity. If he shoots, as the season progresses, people they watch video. They're going to see video. Okay, Connor's shooting, and so now we can't cheat. A lot of teams cheat on him because he know, they know he's so unselfish that he's thinking pass first. If he shoots every once in a while. That will all of a sudden make them respect the shot, and then the passing lanes will be over, and I'll have a much easier time making those plays. So I like the fact that he shot on the last two-on-one, almost beat Dubnik. Dubnik make a great save on the play, and actually thought it got by him. He got spun around and upside down. Uh, that was what Connor McDavid needs to do a little more of. Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime. The Japanese Village goal light is dim this evening. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When they do score five, you can then go to our website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, south side, north side, and one downtown, just a couple blocks away from Rogers Place. we got a quick news update coming at 11. If you're on hold, stay there. We definitely want to talk to you, and you will hear from Connor McDavid. You'll hear from Miku Koivu, who got the winner tonight. Wild take it 2-1 in OT. This is Overtime Overload, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 8.15 to play in the third period. Wild chip it in. Brayevac in on that. Wrist shot denied. Gustafson backhander. And somehow that stayed out. We'll have a trip. But I think Mark Letestu on that backhander on the rebound, lying in the net, was able to get his left skate on the puck and keep this a 1-1 tie. That's your save of the game by Jonas Gustafson. Brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Gustafson couldn't keep them all out. Miku Koivu scored in overtime in the Wild win this game 2-1. The Oilers now 14-10-3 on the season. 31 points, same amount as San Jose atop the Pacific Division, but San Jose gets first place because they have played two fewer games. Anaheim gets destroyed tonight in Calgary 8-3 they're two back of the Oilers with one game in hand LA three points back of the Oilers with two games in hand uh, and Calgary now only three back of the Oilers the Oilers have a game in hand on the flame so what I'm saying is it's very close there's a lot of hockey but the Oilers are staying right there in the mix well it's funny you talked about that Calgary Anaheim game I watched the highlights and there was eight goals scored on Jonathan Bernier Six of them were terrible. Really? Yeah, I don't think Jonathan's going to get a start anytime soon. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Greg standing by. Hi, Greg. Hey guys, how's it going? We're doing well. 
Well, last time we talked, uh, the power play won us the game, and uh, I think we should boycott talking about that on the show now because uh, I think we jinxed them a little bit here. Uh, that was a tough loss tonight. Um, kind of a lull game, but um, I didn't like the, the second poke check uh, Gusson made in overtime there. Uh, I thought that if he would have, you know, stayed on his feet and and kind of because he had pretty good position in the net, I think I think it would have been better often for him, but. That's nor here or there. I'm not a professional. I don't know. But um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, I know you guys interview a lot of players and stuff like that. If you ever uh, interview uh, McDavid, tell him that I'll donate $2 every time he shoots the puck on the power play to his to his charity of choice because he needs to shoot the puck. Um, Letestu, I'm not, I hope he's not the whipping boy tomorrow um, on all the sports radio stations here in Edmonton because I thought that line was um, – well, it was actually one of the best, better lines tonight uh, with uh, him, Cassie, and Maroon. I thought they were probably one of the most effective lines tonight. So um, that's I, I hope that he's not going to get crapped on for that. And the last thing I wanted to say, too, um, is like I've, I've watched every game for the last 10 years. You know, unfortunately, it's not been so good. But um, Connor McDavid, um, he could be averaging like five, six points a night um, with the plays he makes and the setups he does. And, the, and like it, it's crazy how good he is. And I've never seen a player like this. And, and yes, like my parents growing up, they watched Gretzky and stuff like that. And they said, well, you know, this kid is something somebody you got to watch because he is that good. And just watch him every night. Like he, he could have easily three, four, or five points a night every night. So um, but I'll let you guys go. And I just want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, I mean, I, I I don't think Latestu is going to be a, a whipping boy. I mean, and look, we've seen Mark contribute. To, obviously, he, he he you know he sucked it up and worked hard when he was scratched out of the lineup earlier in the season. I mean, I think Rob, we're just pointing out for a one-on-one matchup, he's it's going to be tough for him to cover Zach Parise. I don't think it was Mark being lazy or doing something negligent to get out of position. I mean, the offensive player is trying to initiate something there against him. Well, the the first one is on Mark. The second one isn't. The first one where he gave up the breakaway to Parise, that's on Mark. That's just uh, poor coverage. Uh, the second one where he got beat by Koivu, that, I mean, he's a forward playing defense. It uh, Against two very good, f- I mean, it was a Coy's or Coyle and and Koivu coming down. The two best players on the Minnesota Wild are coming down on on him, and he's a defenseman. The forwards get beat, and they get beat a number of times when they're playing. So that's not on him. Uh, but the big thing that you don't we don't talk about is the reason Latestu's on the ice is because Nugent Hopkins wasn't winning faceoffs, and he lost the opening faceoff to the overtime. Uh, so that's Nugent's turn to be on the ice. He came out there, and he would have been out with probably Jordan Eberle. But because he hasn't well, won face-offs... The, the, the Nugent Hopkins and Latestu were out for, that, for, the, for the face-off. Oh, I know, but the reason he was out there is oh, because... Oh, yes, I'm Jordan, just saying Everly was on the bench. Yeah, yes. that's what I mean. Jordan Sorry. Everly would have been on the ice had it not had Nugent Hopkins not been losing face-offs all night. So all of a sudden, Latestu is put in a position where uh, this is not where he would normally be. So that's the main reason that he has to go do that because the Oilers aren't winning face-offs. Face-offs are huge in three-on-three overtime. As we saw, as Latestu does lose the draw, and the Oilers never touch the puck again. Two one, the Wild take it in overtime. Connor McDavid had to miss the last six and a half minutes of the second period. Here's McDavid for GCL Diesel, serving Oil Country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Just to kind of be clear, mouth is probably sore, but that's kind of a lower. <laughs> yeah. that, that was it. It didn't sort of go any higher than that. Yeah, I think. Um, 
you know, it's, and, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, that's the rule. You know, you go down, you hit your head, you reach up, and that's the rule. They take you off the ice, I guess. So, you know, I, I hit my head or hit my mouth, reach up, grab my mouth, and, um, you know, they took that as something that it wasn't. And, um, you know, I, I guess that's the rule. And, and you know, the guy uh, stick, uh, stuck to the script and, um, you know, did his job. What happens in concussion protocol? Are you just asking questions? What do you have to do? Yeah, um, you know, everyone goes through kind of, um, uh, you know, before the season starts, you go through a concussion test and, you know, you're kind of your baseline. And, um, when you do that, and you know, it takes 20 minutes or so, so it's uh, it's a bit of a process and um, you know, pretty inconvenient. Overall, I mean, I know it's disappointing to lose in overtime. Um, leaving the night overall. Yeah, uh, you know they play tight checking. Uh, you know they're all they seem to be all over the ice, and um, you know they had some good jumps. So um, you know we definitely had our chances. Um, you know, kind of power play uh, let us down again. Um, you know, it seems to be the the story when when we lose. So. Um, that's the way it goes, but um, you know, still a good hard-fought uh, point. You almost squeezed it through Dubnik there. Yeah, um, you know, I had a two-on-one right before that, and tried to kind of finesse one through, and got knocked down. So um, I had the puck on another two-on-one, and uh, I was just trying to shoot it and, and find a little hole, and you know, he did a good job covering it up. Got a quick word on Jonas. I haven't had a start in a long time. Yeah, he was great. Um, you know, he um, you know he made a lot of key saves, especially there in the third period. Um, you know, that wraparound was a great save. Um, you know, even right before they uh, they ended the game, he had that uh, great poke check there. Um, so you know, he did a great job. Um, definitely not on him tonight. You pulled five out of six points possible in your last. Read that's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brendan. Work in the Oilers' dressing room tonight. They lose 2-1 in overtime to the Minnesota Wild, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So McDavid explaining there what, what happened with the concussion protocol. You know, he said, I hit my mouth on the ice. Well, I like the fact that someone asked the question, what, what goes on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know what the... I've done the baseline testing, and it is—it's a number of questions you have to go through, and then you, as you come back from a concussion, they ask you those, and you see what your score is, and that's how you know if you're you're healthy enough. You know what you're going to see come playoff time. Say a scenario where a Jonathan Quick or someone important goes, next shift, all of a sudden someone on your your team, go lay down on the ice, pretend you're hurt, waste as much time as you can, because you now know how long the protocol is. Right. It's about 15, 20 minutes. So let's see how long I can wait. What? I can waste so that we can get our player back and not miss as much of the game. No, I've never done one of these. What are the baseline questions? Um, well, I, one of the questions was name as many words that start with the letter C. And it's funny, or, or, or F, or any of these. And <laughs> when we, when one of the times we had, we had a young girl that was not young, but, you know, a 23, 24-year-old girl, and they say that to you, and hockey player's eyes just get big. She goes, yes, you can swear. And then you're a little intimidated. Like, well, really, I mean, I don't know if I want to say those kinds of words in front of you. So th there's things like that. I mean, that's the one I remember the most. But it is, it's, a, it's a long thing. And at the beginning of the season, you go into a room with this. Uh, we always seem to have always a girl that would do it for us. And they would have a whole list of things. And you would just go through all the things. I, I'm pretty sure there were some things that we had to look at numbers on a sheet and pick things out. But it's something, so when you come back, and it's smart, because next time you've had a concussion, now they put that in front of you, so now they know where your brain is. Right. And then if you don't pass, well, now, you know what, we're going to wait, and then it's a day, I think it's a day or 48 hours later, you try it again. So the players aren't coming back too early. So they're watching for hesitation yep. or flat out, 
wrong answers. Yeah, well, that and there's a time limit, so you have so much time to do this. So if you had C, a, a C word and you named 36 in f two minutes or whatever it is, and the next time you did 12, okay, well, you know what? The brain's not, not moving yeah. as fast. Okay. 780-496-0063. I'm sure Cam's brain is moving just fine. Cam, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, good game tonight. Just have a few points. And they've all been kind of talked about already, but uh, I agree. We have uh, we're, we have a little bit too much short game, and and the style of entry that we use is conducive to shots and net drive. It's not conducive to a short game. So um, you know, going in three abreast, which we do, we've got big bodies, but those soft chips and those soft little saucer passes and stuff, all it really does is clog the entries and slows things down and. And just kind of funnels a couple guys in the one lane and allows a defender to attack or, or to defend two guys at a time. So I don't like that style. I, I agree. We have to shoot and we have to drive more. The second thing is, I'm glad you explained, Rob, about Latestu being out there because I was going to say it's a coaching mistake to have him out there, but you explained because Nuge is not winning the draws, and, well, yeah. and that would bring me to a question. Well, Nuge tonight, of, just just for your, Nuge tonight was 17% on face-offs. Right, so so my next kind of comment here is going to be, how long can we keep building around the limitations of guys that are supposed to be core guys? Like, why are we having to worry about a certain forward not coming down and covering the weak side on, on a, a back door. Why are we worried about another veteran guy not able to take face-offs? You know, it's so, you know, in fairness to Latestu, you know, good for him for being out there. And in fairness to McClellan, you know, good for him for not reverting back. The same, the other thing I was going to say is there have been some questionable things. Having Lucic out three and three, uh, I thought having Benning out with three minutes left in that third period, he was way over his head when Minnesota was bringing force. So I, I think we have to tighten up or stiffen up in that area. And then um, the final thing I wanted to say is uh, with McDavid, I think it was a great call because McDavid did touch the chin, so it didn't look arbitrary at all to me. Um, you know, he did clang real hard, and then he got up and he did look stunned. So to me, if they hadn't have gone to, to the protocol, it would have been, you know, counterproductive to what they're trying to do so well I, I mean I'll touch on it I mean you had a lot of points there I'll touch on one Benning out in the last three minutes uh Benning is a top four defenseman right now with the Oilers he's out playing both Clefbaum and Mark Fain so the the Oilers would be down to three if you don't have Benning out there in the final f three four five six minutes the coaching staff has a lot of trust in him and he's earned it uh tonight he had more ice time than Clefbaum and Fain so that's why he's out in the last three minutes. I understand uh, on Lucic, there's a lot of space and a lot of speed out in a three-on-three -three overtime. Um, that's not his strength. So I can see what you're saying on that one, yes. Kim, thanks a lot for calling. Dana is up next on the phone line. You're also going to hear from the winning coach tonight, Bruce Boudreaux. More reaction from the Oilers' dressing room as well. They come up just short tonight, losing 2-1 to the Wild in overtime. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre on Oilers Radio. 30 30 10. 10. 
All right, 2-1. The Minnesota Wild beat the Oilers in overtime. Edmonton now 14-10-3 on the season. Just one goal tonight. That means a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. Now up to $1,950. You can also track that total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, and we have Dana on the phone line, 780-496-00. Hello? Hi, Dana. Oh, hey. Sorry. Um, first time caller. I'm really nervous here. I apologize. First time caller, but I'm a long time listener. Thank you. I uh, just want to say right now, based on what I'm hearing, uh, well, we'll get to that later. I just want to talk about Cass. This guy's incredible. I love everything he does. He's one of my best. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, he's a great oiler. But I want to go through the, the concussion protocol. Crane. Crazy, collective, creative, come, candy, crow, crown, class, clown. He did pretty well. He's <laughs> good baseline for next time. All right, so we now we know when we know okay. when he calls next time that what we'll have to ask him again to see if he can do it again, see if he's concussed. Yeah, we got it. We got his baseline. That's great. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux. Winning coach tonight for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Coach, every game it seems like since we left home is right down to the wire. How good does it feel to finally win one? Oh, it's a lot better than the alternative, let me tell you. But, I mean, I think we deserved the win tonight, so it was, I was really happy for them. Nico Koivu did so many things aside from scoring that winning goal. Can you put a calculation on what he meant to this win tonight? Well, he was 21 and two on the faceoffs, and I've never seen seen it that high. I mean, that kind of percentage for that number you've taken. I mean, I'm sure somebody's been 26 and one at one point, but not too many people have done that. And he was out there every uh, every time there was an important faceoff. Uh, I thought he controlled the game when he was out there. He was a he was a true leader tonight. What'd your team do as a group to keep? Uh Connor McDavid off the score sheet this evening. Well, I mean, he had chances. I don't think you're ever going to keep him um, to a point where uh, he's not going to get opportunities. I mean, uh, they played three games in four nights. He looked a little tired, but he still had two or three, three uh, two on ones, and and you got to you got to play above him all the time. You almost got to forfeit the fact that you don't want to score in that shift and make sure he doesn't score. Yeah, uh, hard in your throat there when he came down on the two on ones three minutes left. Yeah. And I looked up 360, and I went, uh, I couldn't wait for the defenseman to get to the bench on that shift. <laughs> um, the, uh, just the putting Niederreiter there on the one shift after the fight uh, turned out to be uh, the play of probably the game. Well, you know what? Uh, I just It was the shift before they got hemmed in again, and I said, I think a change in my mind. I said, I think a change is going to do everybody good, and I think Zach had three breakaways after that as well, had, you know, hit a post, and uh, I, I thought it would, and then Charlie, uh, in the last two periods, played the way we expect him to play, and uh, he was outstanding, so uh, it did work. It, it, it gave them a jump start, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. How happy are you that just uh, that Curtis Gabriel was able to really kind of give you that spark in a game that you looked really sloppy early? Yeah, and he didn't play much, but, I mean, to me, the, the turning point was his hit, then the fight, and then Stewie hit somebody. And to me, that was the, the turning point in the game. We we got we scored right after that and and uh, gained a lot of confidence from it. So 
It was a good job by everybody. Just how big was this win and now an opportunity to go get a winning road trip in Toronto on Wednesday? Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you what, the division and the, and the conference and everything is so darn close. Every win, two points feels like a mountain, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, I, I suspect that it's going to go like that from here till April. So it's a... Uh, uh, it's nice to see that we win uh, win a one-goal game, and I'm hoping that we get, gain confidence from it. Bruce Boudreaux, head coach of the Minnesota Wild, who gives credit tonight to a guy who played 2 minutes and 28 seconds, Curtis Gabriel, for doing some things to uh, swing the game in their favor, or at least part of the game. Well, and good on Bruce recognizing players that step up for their team, and, and he did. And it was, I mean... He's a young kid that went out and fought a tough guy, threw a couple big hits, and he talked about Stewart throwing a big hit afterwards. Everybody has a role, and you got to understand what your role is and do it well, and uh, fourth-line guys on the Minnesota Wild did their role well tonight. That's our adjustment of the game brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. All right, we have Jonas Gustafsson coming up. We'll hear from the guy who beat him for the game winner as well, Miko Koivu. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 632. Chad. Wild beat the Oilers 2-1 in overtime. A lot of talk about that final sequence, Rob. Paul texting in. He says, why didn't Mark Potestu change in overtime? Well, uh, well one of the rules they made uh, in the National Hockey League to get more goals in overtime is they have the teams change ends. They didn't do that when they first had the three-on-three. Three. When you change ends and you have the long change, if a player leaves the ice, then all of a sudden it becomes a three-on-two. The Minnesota Wild did that earlier in overtime. They change and Edmonton jumped on that right away. They got a three-on-two. Letestu didn't change simply because, well, it might have been two reasons. One, he was a long change. He didn't have the time to do it. His man, Parisi, was at the far blue line. So he was no way he was able to leave Parisi and get to the bench. And the other uh, reason is he may not have been told to change. Maybe that he was told to stay on the ice. Did you see the one moment when they first, when when Minnesota first carried the puck back, he looked to the bench and put his Just, hand up and then, when, then went back because... You know, they, the puck was on the Minnesota blue line with Minnesota in possession, so it still wasn't a great opportunity to go off. No, because if he went off, that's when Minnesota would have bounced, and teams are waiting for that. They want a guy to go change uh, because as soon as he goes change, now you got the odd man break because it is a, a long change. That guy's not going to get in in time. Jonas Gustafsson, he's made only five appearances for the Oilers this season. He was pretty good tonight. He's standing by in the Oilers' room. Time, and then they got another one on him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's always tough to lose. Uh, no matter what, uh, at least we got a point. But uh, you know, you always want to win the games. It's always frustrating when they get the score on the last shot. You did the poke check on the first one that worked the second time, and just you know, missed the puck on the second time. Uh, yeah, I didn't think he had that much room to go into the middle, so I thought I would, you know, pretty much cut the angle off with the poke check. But he made a good move and uh, was able to go around the stick there, and uh, uh, you know. You know, looking back at it, obviously you, you think you yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't have poached and stayed more patient. But uh, you know, you, you make a quick decision in the game, and you know sometimes uh, you know they beat you. How did it feel? Did you have played in a while? Uh, you know, felt pretty good. I try not to overthink it too much. Uh, I, I got to play a period a few games ago and uh, tried to take advantage of that. And uh, like I said before, you're using the practices to to uh, try and stay sharp. Uh, so you're trying to be ready when you get the call. Read that's Jonas Gustafsson. 
All right, thanks a lot. Brendan Oilers fall 2-1 in overtime to the Wild. Other action from the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Calgary Flames ring up the Anaheim Ducks 8-3 the final. Johnny Goudreau back from injury. He scored the Flames' first goal of the game. The Jets knock off Chicago 2-1. The Red Wings edge the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Philly over Nashville 4-2. In overtime, it's Carolina 1, Tampa Bay nothing. And in a shootout, it's Montreal 5, Los Angeles 4. The uh, Oilers, as we mentioned, 31 points tied atop the Pacific with the Sharks. Sharks have the tiebreaker because they have played 2 fewer games uh rob just looking ahead to buffalo here pugliarvi back in time I, to give him a look again i would think so yeah. I, I i think that uh the problem with putting him in the lineup though right now if you're if you're pulling a guy out i think the guy that probably had the weakest game tonight i don't know maybe slepeshev or, or pugliot it'd be one of those two if you take slepeshev out pugliarvi's going in and he's going in on the fourth line because more or less Maroon, Cassian, and Latest do. They've moved up. They're, they're, they're the third line right now. So now you're putting PRV in on your fourth line. I mean, I, I don't know if that's where he's going to be effective. The other players pulled out. I, I don't know if he is still up to where he needs to be to, on this team. It's it just not as noticeable as we've seen him in the past. So those would be the two players. One of those two players comes out. And if Hendricks goes in, I mean... It's a tough call right now. We're not taking Maroon. I don't think you're taking Maroon, Latesta, or Cassie. No, you know, none of them out. Point. No one on the first line is coming out. Everly and Nugent Hopkins, is not. they're not coming out. So it comes down to Pouliot and Slepeshev, Pitlick, and Kajula. Those are your four guys. So one, two of those four would have to come out for both Hendricks and Pouliot. Devin Dubnik, former Edmonton Oiler, he loves playing against his old team. He's now 7-1 and one in his career against Edmonton. Here's Dubnik. Are you uh, scared to death seeing McDavid coming down with you? Two and a half minutes left? <laughs> yeah, well, not, not, not the play you want to see coming, for sure. Um, you know, he'd made some... Uh, I kind of prepared for a shot. He'd made some uh, pretty crazy passes on, on some rushes that uh, j kind of just missed all game. Um, and so I figured uh, that he was probably tired of that and was going to rip one at me. So, um, no, he can shoot the puck, so it was nice to get get that safe. Did, did it get by you, or you just... No, you I, just, I, I was like 95% sure I had it. It was in my armpit, and I could feel it, but better off to, uh -huh. to uh, you know, turn around on that in case it does trickle out, then there's no no need for me to just sit there and, and hold it. And it drops behind me, and then I'm nowhere to be found, so... How important was it to get this one, just losing three in a row and two on the first part of the throw there? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously we haven't had uh, we haven't had our luck in overtime to start the trip either, and uh, you know that's we could be three and one um, easily. So that's that's how we looked at it, and uh, you know that's that's huge to get that going overtime for us. It's been a couple of years now, so a lot of stuff's changed. We could see on the three stars there, you took a little pride in still coming here and getting a win. Is it? Still uh, bringing a lot of joy to come here and, and get a W. Yeah, it's fun. I had a lot of, um, you know, this is the start of my career, and I have a lot of good memories here. And um, you know, I always uh, will always enjoy if I uh, if I can go out there for for a quick lap uh, on a win. Um, you know, I'm not not going to pass up that opportunity, but it's nothing. Uh, you know, it's it's nothing sour by any means. Uh, this is the start of my NHL career, and I'll always have uh, very very good memories of this place. Devin Dubnik, tonight's winning goaltender for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, talking about that two-on-one late in the game when McDavid took the shot. So he said he had it under his armpit, but he <laughs> thought he would spin around just in case. It's amazing 
goaltenders how they can feel where the puck is in, in their equipment. I mean, they are so bulky. I've wore goalie equipment a few times. I've gone out with, with kids and played. And, and you, f you feel just... It, it, you feel like you're the marshmallow man out there. Just so much stuff on you. And the fact that he can feel this puck in his equipment. Uh, that was a great shot by McDavid. An even better save by Devin Dubnik. And that's what got Minnesota the extra point tonight. I think that save. Wild take it 2-1. They are now 12-8-4 on the season. They'd come in winless in their last three, though they did have two points. They were 0-1-2 in their last three. The Oilers 2-0-1 in their last three. They'll start a road trip in Buffalo on Tuesday. We'll tee that one up for you, and you'll hear from Patrick Maroon when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Live. Live from the Terry Branch Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. Six 30 Chad. Miko Koivu, the game winner in OT. First period goals by Patrick Maroon and Charlie Coyle. The Wild take it 2-1 at Rogers Place. The Oilers in Sunday home games are 0-4-1. They are 6-6-1 overall at Rogers Place. Better road record, 8-4-2, Rob. That's where they're heading out. They start in Buffalo on Tuesday. Uh, you know, two games really stand out as stinkers for me this year for the Oilers in the 27 that they played. The loss to the Leafs earlier this week and way back in Game 3, the loss to the Buffalo Sabres. And the players will remember that game well. They were embarrassed on home ice by the Buffalo Sabres, a team that came in here uh, not playing well and badly beaten up. Well, they're going to Buffalo now for a little bit of a revenge and a little bit of redemption, but Buffalo is probably more beaten up now than they were then. They've got George's out, Kulikov's out of the lineup two of their top defensemen not playing. They got a couple guys up from the minors. They actually had an emergency recall. A kid out of junior played for them on uh, last night because they didn't have enough defensemen due to injury. It's a team that the Oilers can take advantage of, and it's a team that you want to start a road trip with. I'd much rather start on a good note winning a game in Buffalo than having to go to the Rangers or having to go to... to L.A. are going to a good team where you can start a road trip off on the wrong foot. So I think that the Oilers will be ready, prepared, and looking for a, a big night in Buffalo on Tuesday night. Patrick Maroon, his eighth goal of the season tonight for the Oilers. Here he is. Four points uh, over the weekend. Overall, that's pretty good, but the way things went down tonight, how did you see this one? Yeah, I thought we could have played a little better. I know we're on a back-to-back, -back, but that shouldn't be an excuse. But uh, we had our chances, you know, we talked about they were going to be a good defensive team, and we had to throw pucks to the net and get second opportunities. But you know, it seems like their transition game was in effect, and uh, in the third period, it kind of pushed us back a little bit. But all in all, we got a point out of it. That's a good thing. But on to the next game. Tough considering the, the overtime, you guys really controlled the play there early in the, in the OT. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looked like we controlled the play, but um, obviously it wasn't good enough. I mean, you can skate around with the puck all you want, but. It wasn't, uh, it didn't end up our way. What'd you make of your goaltender's performance tonight? I know you guys haven't seen a lot of him uh, in between the pipes yet this year. Hats off to Gus. I think he's, he was our number one starter tonight. He played really good tonight. He came in and shut the door for us and he gave us a chance to win and, you know, good for him. He's been sitting and watching Cam all year and I can't be more proud of him. You know, he's a really good guy and he deserved to win tonight and we came up short for him. Talk read that's Patrick Murray. Thanks a lot. 
Brendan so Maroon, the only goal tonight. The Oilers scored early, 2.56 into the game. Looked like it might be a good night, but they could not get another one. They settled for a single point, 2-1 overtime loss to the Minnesota Wild. So that next game against Buffalo coming up on Tuesday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will hit the airwaves at 3.30. The game starts at 5. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Hope to talk to you again then. Thanks to our studio producer tonight, back at 6.30, Chad Kellen Kennedy, and our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. You can go to 630 slash Oilers for more post-game reactions from tonight's 2-1 OT loss to the Wild. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.